Hello, Texans, and welcome to the Texans Players Show. Mark Vandermeer with you, soon to be joined by John Harris as we talk Texans with some of your favorite players and some guys you need to get to know, like Amari Rogers, who is coming up in the next segment, former Green Bay Packer. Interesting stories about him and from him. His dad is T. Martin, former Tennessee Volunteers quarterback. We've dropped that note on the broadcast a few times, but it'll be fun to catch up with him. Let's start here, though, with Tavier Thomas. You've heard from him before. You need to hear from him again. From Detroit, Michigan, Ferris State Bulldog. That's a Division II power that just won the national championship. And Tavier and the guys are getting ready to take on the Tennessee Titans on Saturday at noon. It's a Christmas Eve showdown in the division as you have three division games on the way out of the 2022 campaign, and the Texans can certainly affect the race. The Titans have lost four games in a row. The Jaguars are surging right now. They control their own destiny, but the Texans can say something about that next week in the regular season home finale at NRG Stadium New Year's Day when they entertain the Jaguars. Tickets available at HoustonTexans.com. It's Fan Appreciation Day. A lot of giveaways, a lot of fun stuff there. We will get into that next week. Let's get into this now, though, as we visit with Tavier Thomas, Texans defensive back. Happy holidays, Tavier. How's it going? Happy holidays. All right. So, wait, how do you handle this week with the holidays? And I asked Lovey this. Is Christmas a distraction? (laughs) Uh, I know the priorities are football. Well, look, this is important this time of year, but how do you handle it? Um, it's it's a little tough because I got a kid now. Like before, I ain't have a kid, but now it's like Ooh. I got to wrap gifts late at night and doing all that stuff. So, but at the same time, I got a great fiance and she does a whole lot. So she don't be making me do a whole lot. So I'll be happy. You mean the fat jolly old man Santa Claus is <laughs> yeah. wrapping the gifts, oh, yeah. right? He, oh yeah, yeah. He yeah yeah he yeah. Th- <laughs> he he's, Santa Claus. The, he's the one that we know yes. that's gonna do it. Okay, Tab, I gotta ask you this because. You're from Detroit. Mm-hmm. You know cold weather. Yes. You understand cold weather. And I read a tweet the other day, or actually earlier today. There are like six games in which the temperature is going to be seven degrees or less. Feels like temperature at game time. Is, mm. is we one of them? And we're one of those <laughs> in Nashville. It's projected to be feels like temperature of five degrees on Sunday at Nashville. First of all, what's your gut reaction to that? Secondly, you would know more than anybody how to prepare for a game quite like that, would you not? Oh, yeah, I would for sure because at Fair State in Big Rapids, Michigan, it was mm-hmm. snowing, raining. It'd be 70 degrees, then the next day it'd be snowing. So <laughs> shout out to them, too. They won the National Championship this year. There this you go. Week, this past weekend. But you got to just you gotta layer up. You got to put on some turtlenecks and ski masks. Petrie always keeps the ski masks on, so I'm going <laughs> to do that. And shoot. Got to just get out there and try to stay warm. <laughs> is it hardest when you're on the sideline and the offense is on the field and you have to try to stay warm somehow? Yeah, sitting, sitting on them benches because it's like if you sit down too long, then your body gets – your legs get to getting stiff or whatnot. So right. you really can't sit down when it's cold. You got to keep moving around and stuff like that. Keep keep your body warm, but it's going to be tough for some people. But I feel like I'll be all right. One of the things to have – I mean, you'll be fine. You're from Detroit. This is nothing to you. But one of the things I think people forget about in the cold is to hydrate. And so oh, they yeah. start cramping up. Yep. They don't hydrate But you think like, oh, it's, it's too cold. I don't want to yeah. drink nothing cold. But at the same time, you got you to gotta keep, keep at it. What about, like, soup on the sideline? Are they going to have some of that? We should talk to somebody. Broth? Yeah, broth. Booger McFarlane said this. Okay, you can shoot holes in this as whether this is true or not. Booger McFarlane used to say, and he said that he used to have a cooler – 
in cold days that would have chicken broth in it. <laughs> we probably need that now. Like, I yeah, think yeah. it would be a fine if we had that on the sideline <laughs> now <but laughs> to try to find us for everything. But Not to yeah. belabor the point, though, Tavier, but it's going to be chilly here this week. Not mm-hmm. as cold no, as it will be in Nashville on Christmas Eve, but... How much will it help to practice in the colder weather here to get ready for that uh, game? Like I feel like it'll be it'll be pretty good um, for all of us, but at the same time, it's a different in the game yep. and then mm-hmm. at practice. So you got to just really go out there and just do have your daily routines, the same routines you've been having, trying to get better each and every day, and just go out there and can't let the weather. We got to win, so you can't sure. let the weather. Um, Beating your way and mm-hmm. guys just win. Dad, <laughs> get it off of weather. Let's talk quarterbacks for a second. You guys have faced some pretty salty quarterbacks this year. There's oh, yeah. no doubt. I mean, Tua down in Miami uh, was as hot as he's been this year. We faced some guys. Why is Patrick Mahomes, in your opinion, you're on the field with him? Why is he so good? Why, why does he make that offense go the way that it does? Because when he get outside the pocket or even in the pocket, but really when it's outside the pocket. It's like the receivers know, like it's time to plaster, so yeah. he can make any throw. So you gotta literally stay on your man if you backside, cause he'll run all the way to the right and he can throw it all the way back yeah. to the left without even looking. So I feel like with him playing like that, like I would love to play receiver for him, yeah, yeah. <laughs> cause it's yeah. like you running your route for probably two seconds and then he get outside the pocket, it's like just get open. It's yeah. like backyard football. So and he's the greatest at it. So. He's 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 really good. Yeah. So really as good. a defensive back, you have to keep your head on a swivel, oh, yeah. right? You gotta be you gotta be prepared at all times because you never know when he's gonna throw it to okay. you. Well, let's take it to this weekend. You face mm-hmm. Derrick Henry. All we all know what happened last time, oh, yeah. and we all know what he's capable of. How does that affect what you do? Because there's got to be a temptation. I gotta go help with the <laughs> run, but you can't ignore the receivers right. as well. So how do you handle that part um, of it? Their receivers are pretty good, but at the same time. He's the bell cow, and if you stop the bell cow and make them throw the ball or whatnot, I feel like we'll come out on top. But we have to stop Derrick Henry. That's the one thing we have to do. We didn't stop him the last time we played him. But this game is going to be different because we're going to stop him. So, Tab, this going against Derrick Henry, and I'm trying to remember, I'm trying to remember if you played in that game because he didn't play 21. Nope. Have you played against Derrick Henry before? Well, because- when I was in Cleveland, we played him once. But other than that. In the last two years, no, I haven't played him yet. So, so. a guy's six foot three, <laughs> two hundred and forty-seven pounds. What is the biggest key in stopping a guy that's that big who runs downhill the way that he does? What's the biggest key against I, a guy like Derek? I Henry? feel like the biggest key is you got to have eleven hands to the ball because he might make the first person miss, but if it's ten other guys coming to him, I feel like we'd get him down fast. But it'd be tough when this when you're not running to the ball. If you're not running to the ball and you're loafing around, that's when you get these big runs and stuff. So I feel like if we continue to play the type of defense we've been playing, we've been stopping the run a little bit better than where we was at the beginning of the season. I feel like we continue to do that. I feel like we'll get after these guys. Tavier, I know it's frustrating last two weeks coming so close against Mm -hmm. these really good teams that have double-digit wins. What is that like? What can you tell us about how everybody's pulling together to play this hard and get this close against those teams with everything they have on the line? Because everybody's out there, like, we know we can't go to the playoffs, so everybody out there playing for pride. Like, you know what's at stake. Like, your career is at stake when you're losing so many games, so you got to go out there and play as hard as you can and put it on film. You don't want to put bad things on film or whatnot. So everybody just playing together. Nobody's pointing fingers. The defense not pointing at the offense. Offense not pointing at the defense. It's just like we got to play complimentary football, and I feel like if we do that, 
we'll get over the hump. So it's just everything got to come together at one time. Ted, division games to me are always interesting. The first time you play a team, because you know that team for the most part, mm -hmm. but there have been some changes from the offseason, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But when you face them a second time during the year, you've already seen them. You know them. They know you guys. I love division games for that reason because it feels like you're taking on your unfriendly neighbor oh, yeah. in a game that you know you got to win, and now you go on the road to take on Nashville. How do you see the last three games, the fact that you have three division opponents with Tennessee this week, then Jacksonville, then Indy to finish the season? Uh, even though we can't go to the playoffs, we want to be the top dog in the division. So I feel like we lost one or one game. We're one, one, and one in the division. Oh, yeah. So I feel like if, if we can come out on top, build on that, and I feel like we'll be going to the next year in the right direction. Yeah. But we got to win these last three, and I'm happy they're division games because at the same time, we want to be the top dog in the division. All right, so back on the road this week, obviously. How is a road game different for you, just personally getting ready to play NFL football as opposed to playing at NRG Stadium, being at home and that kind of thing? The biggest thing for me is being away from my son. Like, mm. I, don't, I don't like doing that a whole lot, but at the same time, this is my career. And he gonna, he eventually will understand that. But that's the biggest thing for me, being away from him. But other than that, you just got to go out there and do your thing. Wait, how old job. is he again? He's two. He's two. Oh, terrible, so he, terrible tools. And that. he yeah, understands yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that he, you're leaving. That's tough. He's yeah. at the door. Daddy, don't he's go. Crying. Every time I'm about to go to a away game, he's crying at the door. Every yeah. time. Oh, man. Oh, that's heartbreaking. <laughs> so pregame, do you try and face do you try and FaceTime yeah. him or like what do you right try? In, what's your pregame ritual? Right routine? in the locker room, right in the locker room, right before we say the prayer when I FaceTime him. He'd be there with my grandmother because he comes, he's, I told you he's in terrible tools, so yeah. he can't come to the game right now because he'd be tripping. <laughs> <laughs> he don't listen to his mom. He'd be tripping. So I got a 10-year-old that's still tripping. Oh, my God. I got so, a 22-year-old that's still tripping. <laughs> he tripping. So I just FaceTime him. So when he see me laughing, dada and stuff, tell him love him, go out there and play as hard as I can, knowing that I've seen his face. That's pretty awesome because Desmond King told us, uh, that he had a child this offseason, yeah. and it sort of changes perspective on oh, yeah, things, on sure. football, because you play football since you've been, yeah, you guys mm -hmm. have been playing together for a long time. But when you had your son, did it sort of change your perspective on football the way you looked at it, Taff? Oh, yeah, a, a whole lot. And then the, the main thing for me, I don't want my son to grow up and go to high school or middle school and they be like, my dad played in the NFL. Like, who's right. your dad? Your dad wasn't good. I never <laughs> want that to be the case. So yeah. mm -hmm. I just go out there and try to play as hard as I can and be yeah. the best that I can be. So when he get older, he can say, yeah, my dad was that guy. Yeah. Tavier, thanks so much for joining us. Best of luck. All right. Thank you. There's our buddy Tavier Thomas. Looking forward to seeing him operate in the defensive backfield against the Tennessee Titans on Saturday, Christmas Eve. Kick at noon. Going to be fun. All right, let's get to this now. Amari Rogers, relatively new Texans wide receiver. And in the next segment, we will give away an HEB gift card as well for 100 bucks. That'll come in handy this time of year. You'll have to answer a question on the Twitter feed, my Twitter promo. I'll go over all this in the next segment here. It's the Texans Player Show, Texans Radio. Happy holidays from all of us at Texans Radio and the Houston Texans. It's the Texans Player Show, as you know. And we caught up with Tavier Thomas in segment number one. Let's give away an HEB gift card right now, shall we? Well... A random respondent, is that the right way to word that, on Twitter is going to win this. I promoted the show on Twitter earlier, at Texans Voice. So you answer this one for me. Tavier Thomas, where did he go to college? What college did he go to? You get it right, and you got a good chance to win that HEB $100 gift card. Comes in handy during the holidays. At Texans Voice on Twitter, respond to the show 
promo tweet promoting the Texans Player Show, which right now features Amari Rogers, Texans wide receiver. Really great to have him in, especially since he caught a touchdown pass against Dallas. Relatively new Texan who likes the way things are going so far here in Houston. Oh, it's been amazing. I've loved every second of it, man. Just being in a bigger city. Uh, just the, the fans here are amazing, man. The season hasn't been going how we want it to, but they still show up and support, and, and it's been amazing. So, Mari, where are you originally from? I'm from Knoxville, Tennessee. Okay, that, that's right. Knoxville, Tennessee. Good. Somebody else had played college ball there. Yeah. <laughs> is it good to be back we'll to in that. the – I mean, Texas is a little different south. I mean, Tennessee's got a different south. Georgia's got a different south. Is it good to be back in the south? Is that, does that help too? I mean, it's a little different here, but it's – it's the South in some way, shape, or form. Is it good to have that kind of feeling as well? No, nah, definitely. Because uh, in the off season, I'll be in Atlanta, Georgia. Okay, uh, so yep. I'm I'm used to uh, like a bigger south. a bigger city feel. Yeah. Uh, so being in Houston, it's more like Atlanta. So you know, I'm enjoying that part definitely. Yep. You were with the Packers. Do players in Green Bay, do a lot of them spend the offseason there, or do they just get oh, out of Dodge nah. right after the Every, season? Everybody's gone from Green Bay. <laughs> everybody's gone from Green Bay. Yeah, <laughs> It's not a good time of year to be there. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Weather-wise. Exactly. And and towards the end of the season, like after October, it's, it's below 30. So mm -hmm. you want to get to something warm as soon as you can. So when the season's mm -hmm. over, we're all gone everywhere. So I'm trying to get somewhere warm, Florida, or somewhere tropical. I mean, you got to tell me, I grew up an hour north of Green Bay for the first 11 years of my life. So oh. I, I know ex I know exactly. <laughs> I I just thought that's what everybody had until I moved to Houston. Then I realized, <laughs> oh, wait, it's like 50 in the, in the winter. Yeah, Although right. this weekend we're about to get an Arctic, Arctic blast yeah. uh, at that point. Omar, I was talking a little bit, uh, we were talking a little bit before. I remember seeing you at the Senior Bowl and and what you were able to do at the Senior Bowl. And it felt like you had one of those weeks at the Senior Bowl where you caught everybody's attention. How important was it to go to that event? and to be such a big part of it the way that you were? Uh, it was huge. You know, I knew that was very huge. Uh, I knew every single team was going to be there. I knew it was going to have an opportunity to talk and, and be around them and them see, you know, the type of player in person off the field that I was. So, you know, I, I took that super serious. You know, that was really like a business week for me. And uh, just being able to go down there and have a good week, I feel like that definitely helped me through that process. Yep. What is it like when you meet all those guys from other teams, some of them you'd played against some of them you just knew and some of them you just seen on television or whatever no nah, it's, it's amazing you know i actually built a lot of strong relationships during that week you know Kadarius tony for the chiefs yeah. you know yesterday yep. we traded jerseys that's that's one of my closest friends now yeah. you know just from that week just being around him and stuff like that so it's, it's just amazing just to be able to go around uh, talented players like that and then you build those relationships that go through the, the time that you're in the league so mario as you got here obviously learning the playbook is a big deal everybody talks about you know learning the playbook how much more comfortable are you feeling in the system, getting more reps? I mean, yesterday we only had three, uh, three receivers that were active, obviously you being one of the three. But how do you feel comfort-wise with the offense and where you are in it right now? I, I'm super comfortable, man. Uh, like I told you off, uh, before we started, man, just getting those reps in practice. Yep. Uh, you know, it's always about, you know, getting those reps and, you know, just feeling, you know, that you're doing it right. Um, and I feel like doing that in the game last week and just having that game before with Cleveland and just having three games in my belt now, I feel like I'm at a point to where, you know, I'm fitting in well. You know, I know my role with the team. You know, just now just continuing to build and finish the season strong. Absolutely. Amari Rogers with us. All right, against the Cowboys, you catch that touchdown pass off the arm of Jeff Driscoll. Take us through some of that because 
look, we all watch this game, and there has to be a feeling of, oh, wow, here it comes. Here comes the ball. You didn't know that was going to come to you. That play wasn't really designed to you. It was sort of an impro- improvised thing, so tell us about it. Yeah, man, uh, really my job was just to clear out the safety just so that the, <laughs> the sliding route underneath for the play action could get open and yeah. he could have room to run. Mm-hmm. Uh, but obviously, as you can saw in the replay, that was covered, and, you know, I was just running fast, just doing my job clearing out, and I look up, and the ball's right there, and I'm like, oh, snap, I got to catch it now. <laughs> uh, so... Uh, thankfully, you know, I was able to adjust to it uh, better than the, the safety was, and you know, I made the play. Um, and, you know, that was just that was just crazy. Uh, Jeff just having that trust in me uh, to make that play for him, and you know, just from there, you know, I feel like I started to get comfortable getting myself and mm-hmm. just the way I know I can play. Um, you know, that definitely was a, a confidence booster. What are you thinking when you make that catch and you make that play? I mean, obviously, you got a touchdown, so you got to celebrate. But but what are you thinking at that moment? Because I think was it the second game that you had played? I can't remember. Maybe it was the third. I can't remember, but that was the biggest play you had made to that point. What are you thinking when you score that touchdown? Like, I mean, because we were kind of having the motions of, wait a second, Jeff Driscoll just threw a touchdown to Amari Rodgers, and that's not a sentence that <laughs> we would have been able to complete six or seven weeks ago, but now we're doing it. Right. Who are you feeling when you're scoring a touchdown? Man, I, I was filled with emotion. Uh, like you said, I've been through a lot, man. This has yeah. been a long year, you know, starting with the Packers and then not going the way that I wanted to. And then just coming here, you know, the second game that I'm here, I'm able to make a play like that to impact the game and impact our team. Um, you know, we, we fought that game hard. And just being able to make that play, it felt amazing, man. I feel like it, it lifted a lot of weight off my back uh, just to remind myself that I'm still able to, to make those plays. Yeah. And, you know, I can still be that player to help a team, you know, uh, uh, win a game. So, you know, it definitely helped me out, man. And like I said, I'm just trying to finish the season strong and continue to uh, make plays when presented. Amari Rogers with us. All right, we have a lot to get to, but let's talk about this weekend because it's going to be cold, and you're used to that, I guess. (laughs) It's going to be cold in Nashville. What is that like for a receiver? Do the gloves help warmth-wise at all? Because you guys all wear these gloves Mm -hmm. pretty much, and how do you deal with that? Uh, Really, man, it's just getting out there in warm-ups and just getting that that frostbite feel away because you know uh, when you first get out there your your hands are going to freeze like they're going to feel numb and I feel like for me once I get that numbness out and I can get my feeling back then I'm good for the rest of the game okay Uh, so it's really just getting that that numbness out when you first get it and just being able to get that feeling back in the hand so you can feel the ball and be able to catch normally Uh, but really as a receiver I just worry more about my hands and my toes because uh, if you can't feel your toes, then you, you don't <laughs> know how you're going to be cutting and stuff like that, yeah. too. Uh, so, uh, but like I said, I've been in Green Bay. You know, I'm, I'm kind of used to the, the elements and, you know, how to handle it and, and deal with it. So, mm-hmm. you know, I just feel like it's going to be one of those games where you just got to go out there and just tough it out uh, and just play ball, man. Uh, once you're in there, you're in the field, you know, you got adrenaline rushing, then you're going to get warmer. I know that for a fact. Uh, but it's just warm-ups, really, that you got to get through. <laughs> Lamar, you mentioned Kadarius Tony, somebody that you, you met at the, at the Senior Bowl. You played at Clemson, so there are a couple guys. Now it's a couple weeks from now, but I don't want to look too far ahead. (laughs) But a couple guys you played with that you might see, um, they'll be on the other side, that being Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne. When you see them having the success that they're having, A, is it any surprise to you that they're having the success you're having? And what are you kind of feeling as you watch friends of yours, guys you played with, teammates of yours having success, um, especially in the division, which is so kind of tough because then you got to face them at some point. But how cool is that for you to see Trevor and Travis and guys from Clemson having good years the way they are? Uh, Yeah, no, man, it's not a surprise at all because, like you said, at Clemson, I was with them for three, four years, um, and I've seen how they worked. I've seen how they attacked each practice each day, how they prepare for games. And, you know, it's it's just second to none to them. You know, they're they're really one of those – those two players are very special. Uh, Trevor being the leader that he – 
is, you know, the confidence that he brings. You know, he he talks a little trash every once in a while. <laughs> and that's just the swagger that he brings, yeah. man. And I love that about him. And just Tra- Travis, just the way that he's explosive, man. Every single time he touches the ball, he has a chance of scoring. Um, he's always been like that since he started in college. So I'm just super happy for those guys. They're great people off the field. And, you know, that you have no choice but to support them uh, just because of the people that they are. Yeah. Amari, was there any doubt about Clemson? Was there any other option for you, or is that where you always wanted to go? Uh, it was my dream school, uh, but I was committed to Southern Cal when my dad was coaching my whole junior season yeah, okay. uh, because Clemson hadn't offered me until after my junior season. Uh, so I was waiting for a Clemson offer, uh, but mm-hmm. they they didn't at first, so I committed to where my dad was. Um, and then as soon as they, they offered me, I, I, I made that switch. <laughs> Do you ever think you ever think of being in L.A. for your college career? Because that would have been a whole yeah, different ball different, game than, different, than Clemson. Different ball game. I mean, different, different on, on, in, a, in a good way, but also, I mean, it's, it's Los Angeles. Right, right. And it's on the other side of the country yeah, from where I'm from. So yeah. I wouldn't have had a lot of family out there either. So, so why Clemson? Why was Clemson your dream school? Uh, so honestly, when I was a kid, I saw them run down the hill, uh-huh. and I was like, "Oh my gosh, the I've rock. never seen anybody run out like that!" Like, oh, yeah. I want to do that. Uh, but that—that's really what caught my attention. And ever since that, I just kept up with them. Yeah. And they started to be successful. You know, Sammy Watkins, Todd Boy, yeah, yeah. DeAndre Hopkins, all them guys, yeah. all the way up to D.Y. and all them. Yeah. And you know, I just supported them and just seen how successful and how Dabo was uh, putting receivers in the league, and I just wanted to be there. Did you ever see anybody take a tumble down the hill? Oh, yeah, plenty of times. Really? Yeah, team meetings, if somebody tumbles, we're, we're talking about it on Monday. <laughs> oh, sure. <laughs> it ended up we're on film session? It's, it's definitely up there in the team meeting. <laughs> okay, did Dabo ever take a tumble down the hill? Nah, Dabo, Dabo's okay. a pro. Dabo, okay. Dabo's yeah, a pro. He He's he been doing that. it for a minute. And he, he always hauls, man, he, he sprints down the hill. And then what? he sprints all the way to the 50. I don't yeah. know how, how he does that every week. <laughs> what moment from your time at Clemson do you remember the most? What moment stands out the most? Man, winning the national championship in 2018. Yeah. Uh, just the way we did that, you know, versus that Bama team that everybody, you know, had beaten us. Nobody yeah. had gave us a chance. You know, yeah. just the way that we went and dominated that game. Man, it was it was a special moment for sure. I'll never forget that. Amari Rogers joining us. All right, you mentioned your father, and we kind of buried the lead here. It's not really the lead, but it's definitely part of your story that your father's T. Martin, mm-hmm. quarterback for the University of Tennessee, winning the national championship in 1998. Oh, so wait a minute. So you won it in 2018, and your dad won. Uh, see? Look at this. Oh, well, mathematical. <laughs> this is very there. good. Yeah. yeah, 20 years later, there yeah. you are winning well, I mean, it. this is one of those things. He's like, yeah, everyone's asked me about this my whole life, so wow. you guys are late to the party. <laughs> and tell me if you have heard this one. <laughs> I watched your dad play. Of course. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you've heard that Man, one because I whenever, did. Whenever I'm at home, I hear it all the time. I mean, well, I in, in my I, mind, uh, I'll tell you what. Uh, as you get older, the years go by faster, Amari. And in my mind... Your dad is way too young to have you as a son, yeah. okay? <laughs> right. Like, you should be two years old. Right. What? I just watched that on television like three weeks ago. Yeah. What? Yeah, I I have, I have, saw your dad back in 99 playing at Florida. And again, they lost. But I, I remember yeah. seeing him back back then and now covering covering your games. I mean, it's a, I mean, it makes you feel old. But, you know, <laughs> it, it's, it's life. You, you deal with it. But growing up as a coach's kid, as the son of somebody that did leave an impact at the University of Tennessee the way that he did at a big school like that, was it tough growing up kind of in his shadow? And when did you feel like it stopped being your T. Martin's kid and he's Amari Rogers' dad? Yeah, for sure. Um, I wouldn't say it was tough. It was definitely, you know, challenging in the way that I was 
looked at higher than other people. You right. know, uh, people expected more out of me. Uh, so I kind of took that as a challenge, and that helped me, you know, motivated me through my whole, you know, young career uh, through high school and just motivated me because, like you said, I wanted to make a name for myself. Yep. Um, and I wanted to get to the point where people was like Amari Rogers, you know, oh, and his dad is T. Martin. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's really what drove me through my whole career, honestly. Just staying in Knoxville, you know, like you said, kind of being in the shadow of uh, being his son and stuff like that. And, you know, I did. I was successful, you know, in high school and stuff like that. But once I got to Clemson, you know, my mission from there was just to solidify a name for myself yeah. and, you know, make a, a career and, and, and step Amari Rogers, you know, in, in history. So, you know, that's really my mission still. One thing about your dad that jumps out to me is that in his coaching career, it's not like he came in top shelf, like I'm going to join right, an right. NFL team and I'm coaching there. Like right. he, he took steps all Definitely. the way up. He's been mm-hmm. moving up. He's wide receivers coach for the Ravens right now. Who knows what the future holds? What have you taken from that process or his process there? Uh, just like you said, be patient. And, you know, when your time comes, you know, just be ready. And that is going to come. You know, like you say, he's had a long journey He from Morehouse to New Mexico mm-hmm. to Kentucky to USC to Tennessee. Now the Ravens, you know, he's had a long career uh, at a lot of places. And that just showed me that, you know, it doesn't matter where you're at. As long as you stay consistent and what you're doing, uh, just always know that you love your job and stuff like that. You're going to end up where you want to be eventually. You know, I have no doubt that he's going to end up being a, a head coach anytime soon. Uh, it's just a matter of time. You know, I'm just waiting for it. So we hope you have a we hope you have a 15 to 20 year career in the NFL. When it's over, what what do you want to what do you want to do with your life? <laughs> Is that the twisted sister? What are you going to do with your life? You don't know Twisted Sister, but what do you want to do when you're done with your football career? What (laughs) what are kind of interests that you want to get into? Uh, Honestly, uh, I graduated with a sports con major, uh, so I want to get into, you know, talk shows, sports broadcasting. All right, well, you keep playing, young buck. You You keep playing, let us have our jobs, okay? (laughs) Yeah, don't come over here. (laughs) You just keep catching one pass after the other. Stick around for a while. Let us old guys phase out, then you can step in. Hey, that's the plan for sure. <laughs> yeah, no coaching. Huh? Why? You see what it takes? And no, no. I said even coaching too. Uh, okay. I always said like if, like I said, if my dad does become a head coach, you know, for me to to coach Ooh. under him, I feel like that would be something that's special. Right. You know, that's always been in the back of my mind. So growing up as a coach's kid myself, I always thought about that. When I got older and I became a head coach, I always thought about okay, could I? Could my dad coach for me? Mm. Someday, do you think your dad could coach for you? Because I know for me and my dad, there probably would have been some moments on the sideline that would not have been pretty. <laughs> I don't know that we could have done it. Could your dad be an assistant coach for you, the head coach? I feel like definitely. I feel like our relationship is good. I yeah. feel like mm-hmm. it's, it's solid. Like yeah. the way that we communicate is, is solid. So I feel like that definitely happened. But first, I feel like I, I'll coach under him for sure. Yeah. And so, then, you know, if I get the opportunity, you know, it could reverse. There you go. We talked about USC as a possibility because your dad was there coming out of high school. Mm-hmm. Clemson, your dream school. No University of Tennessee? Nah, that's when they were at the bottom of the bottom. Okay. <laughs> that's when you know okay. Bush Jones was there. So yeah. they were kind of they were kinda struggling. So I was kinda I was trying to get away from there, honestly. <laughs> gotcha. Was that always something though that I don't say you wanted to get away from? I mean, I, I think about, you know, uh, Peyton Manning mm-hmm. not going to Ole Miss because he wanted to create his own thing at the University of Tennessee. Oh, yeah, he didn't yeah. want to follow in the steps of, of his dad at that point. Did that play into your decision at all that, hey, you know, dad went to Tennessee, I want to try something different. I want to go somewhere different. And obviously, Clemson was your dream school, but 
did that ever come to that? You know what? I want to create my own path. I no, want to create my own way of doing things. Yeah, definitely. Like you said, just stamping a name for myself. I, I definitely feel like they played a part in it. You know, just going to a different university and just making a name for myself there. I definitely feel like that was something that I wanted to do for sure. So when you get the call from Dabo, Mario, we want you. How are you feeling? I'm I'm elated. I'm elated. <laughs> I'm excited, man. It, it was right after you know I had won a state championship too, so I was already you know feeling high, that high, high yeah. that high. So when they offered me, I was immediately I was like, I'm coming. Uh, I was I was elated, and you know it was I didn't question anything. Hold that thought. We have a lot more coming up on the Texans Players Show with Amari Rogers and a big block of programming as we do every Tuesday night with Texans matchup later and Texans All Access. Stick around. The Texans Players Show on Texans Radio. Let's jump right back into it here on the Texans Player Show with relatively new receiver Amari Rogers talking about his journey from Clemson to the NFL with the Packers in between Clemson and the Texans. And we got into some of this. Let's get to some more of what Amari has gone through and apply it to all players because the pre-draft stuff, we talked a bit about the Senior Bowl. What about the Combine? Did Amari attend that? Yeah, so we didn't have an actual combine. We just went oh, to do the right. uh, the MRI scans and stuff like that. Yes. So it really, we didn't get the full experience. Oh, because that was the COVID year. Yeah, the COVID oh, year. Oh, so oh. I was literally there for like a day. I was stuck in the hotel the whole time. <laughs> then I had to go to the <laughs> hospital for like eight hours to do testings and stuff like that. And it was, it was, it was terrible. I didn't like it. But I wish we got to do the whole uh, experience. That has to be uneasy, though. Yeah. During the COVID year. Is this ever going to be over? What is football going to be like? Right, and it was like the even the interview process wasn't the same. You know, we had to do all of it over Zoom and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. So I had to schedule times to call to call them on Zoom. And even at the Senior Bowl, like half of them was on Zoom. Uh, you know, I had to sit in front of the iPad, and the whole staff was on the iPad. I had a headset on, and they were interviewing right. me like that. <sighs> so it was even different in that way. That is strange. Yeah. All right, so what about year one to year two? What advice would you have for these rookies now here as they venture into an offseason with no draft prep? They're just getting ready for their second year in the NFL. What advice might you have for them? Yeah, definitely. I would say uh, just get a, a routine down to take care of your body because uh, I feel like that that process in between going from college to the NFL, you don't really have a break at all. Uh, so it's, I feel like now just solidifying a, a routine to take care of your body, find a team so that you can have your body uh, healthy and get your body back right because you're basically playing for two years. Uh, so I would say take some time to get get back healthy um, and then, you know, figure out how you're going to train and just start create that regimen. Uh, but that was really my mindset after my my rookie year. You know, I was I was kind of beat down because I had played football for like two years straight, you know, being in the playoffs with Clemson. Then right. right after that, going to senior bowl and right after that, preparing for the draft. So, you know, I took a, a lot of time off just just to recover my body and get back right before I started training again. So this offseason, season ended on January 8th, you have a plan about what you want to do this offseason and kind of how you go about it. You mentioned Atlanta. Do you go to Atlanta? Do you train there? How, how do you see your uh, this offseason for you, Mario? Uh, this offseason, I'm definitely going to stay here for a couple months after the season yeah. just to get a feel for the city. You know, I just got here a month ago, yeah. and it was straight to fall, so yeah. I haven't really got to be around Houston to yeah. see anything, really. Uh, so I want to stay here with my family, just get a feel for the city, you know, find a couple places to train because I know it's places to train here just to stay in shape. And then, you know, I'm going to head down to uh, Atlanta probably in March, you know, a month and a half before OTA start. Yeah get back in shape, start training again, and then, you know, head back up here and get back to grinding. Amari Rogers with us. All right, let's talk about social media here for a moment. For you're sure. on Twitter. Looks like you're fairly active here. Yes, sir. A lot of retweets and stuff <laughs> like that. You retweeted something about Dion. Interesting. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Talk, talk to me about that. What kind of uh, influence or what are your impressions of him and what he's going through right now at Colorado? 
I'm just excited for him, you know, just to see everything he's going to uh, through with the HBCU at Jackson State and just to see his opportunity that he has to, you know, change a, a program that's been struggling right now, mm -hmm. just to see what he's going to do with that is very exciting because, you know, he's been very successful at Jackson State and it's just exciting for me. I'm just intrigued to see how he's going to turn around Colorado because, you know, he's been talking a lot about it, how he's going to change it, how he's bringing luggage right. and stuff like that. So it just catches my attention uh, and I'm really definitely supporting him just to swagger that he brings for sure. Somebody your age what has your exposure been to him as a player when he was prime time and two sport athlete in the yeah. nfl and major league baseball but yeah. before that florida state like how were you exposed to that i know that's available out yeah. there yeah. but it's interesting to me how dion is is interpreted now because look when we were watching football when he was playing right it just this is the last thing i thought he would end up doing so right. it's such a cool story right not really growing up like I was, I was, I seen him as like the Jordan of football because you know he was the best of the best in football and also played baseball too, like Jordan did. So that's mm -hmm. something that growing up I was like, dang, like he's he's playing two sports and he's doing great at both mm -hmm. of them. Like, wow, I've never seen anybody like that. So ever since then, I've always seen him as one of my my favorite athletes, and just to see how he transitioned to coaching and with his kids and how he's able to you know have them going on and be successful too, it's just it's cool. One of the things in in college sports now, which I'd have been really interested to see how your group, you included, would have handled all the NIL deals yeah. and, and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Because I feel like Clemson's the perfect type of place where definitely. there there is there are professional sports around, but there it's Clemson. It's Clemson, Clemson Tigers yeah. are just as big as anything. Like out at USC back in the day when there was no Rams, no Chargers, it was just Liner and Bush. I mean, they, Bush, they, yeah. they were rock stars. Yeah. How do you think NIL would have been if for you at Clemson while you were there? Man, I was jealous. <laughs> I was jealous. <laughs> <laughs> Not going to lie. When I saw that, and I, was, I was like, dang, I, I should have took my COVID year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, absolutely. Nah, but, man, I, I definitely feel like that would have been good for us. You know, especially, shoot, Trevor and Travis. Yeah. We were just talking about them. They yeah. would have definitely made a come up with yeah, that. Absolutely. Uh, but, no, nah, I definitely would have been good for us at Clemson, no doubt. Well, we're seeing Mr. Young on TV commercials from Alabama. I mean, he's on the Dr. Yeah, Pepper stuff. Yeah. He's All in the what Heisman stuff, too. Oh, yeah. Heisman House, that's yeah. right, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, he's he's like a pro athlete. <laughs> right. You know, that's why we're wondering. Some of these guys might stay in school. I know they're going to get more money in the league, but you might rethink that based on certain things. Who knows? Right, right, right. All right, so I mentioned Twitter on uh, social media. What about Instagram? Because you have a bunch of followers there. Which is better for you? Which do you like better? Which do you spend more time on? I got a little I email, spend... by the way, that broke down my time spent. I guess it's yeah. from Google. Oh, yeah. On various <laughs> platforms. And really? I thought, I am spending way too I much of my know. life on Twitter. <laughs> I do not every even time, know. Every time you see that, that's definitely a I reality check. Because you're like, it wow, is. I have no idea you spend that much time looking at the screen. It adds up. <laughs> you know, five minutes here, five minutes there. Right. You know, just making money. I'm one of the first ones in the locker room, Mario, along, along those lines. I'm one of the first ones in the locker room because I get a post-game interview. And I see the first thing a lot of guys, not every guy, but a lot of guys do. They grab the phone and, man, they're nah, checking really. it. They're yeah. checking everything out. <laughs> what is? What do you do after the game? Do you go check it out? Do you see what's out there? Like, What do you do like right after the game is over? Usually I check my messages first to see, you know, mm -hmm. my family usually texts me something after the game. Yeah. So, so after you score a touchdown, that. you got, like, loads of messages? Yeah, last week I had 170 text <laughs> messages. Ooh, man. <laughs> man. so, yeah, I definitely check messages, and then I may go through Twitter and then see, like, other highlights from other games yeah, yeah. and see what people are talking about with other games and stuff like that. Yeah. So I say I usually spend most of my time on Twitter, but I post more on Instagram. 
Did you see Green Bay Twitter blowing up after you caught that TD? Nah, <laughs> <laughs> what did we do? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was that was funny. Yeah. <laughs> they were they were losing it. So when you guys are on the sidelines, maybe think about it because we could follow the game a little. The games that are going on a little bit. I mean, they're up in the booth, so they can see some of the TVs and things. I'm I'm done a silence, so I can't see it as much. But do you guys kind of pay attention to some of the time? Like, oh, man, hey, you see that score up there? I mean, obviously, you're focused on the yeah, game. Yeah. But are, you, are there kind of ancillary things happening? Like, hey, man, the Jags just beat the Cowboys sort of nah, thing. Yeah. Is that kind of stuff going on when you guys are kind of talking and chatting Definitely on the sidelines a little bit? TV timeouts because TV timeouts. I personally hate TV timeouts because they yeah. there's so many of them They're during so games. Long. I feel like it's so long. Yeah. Uh, so during TV timeouts, I, I usually check the board and, yeah. you know, they have the scores on the yeah, side yeah, and stuff yeah. like yeah. that. So, yeah, that's definitely when I check the scores and see what's going on. So take me through this, Amari. This team, the last two weeks, you're playing two Super Bowl contenders, and you take both of them down to the wire. Mm -hmm. And, look, you didn't get here for the start of the season. You got here during the season, and things were well underway, struggling record-wise. But what about the way these guys play, your new teammates? What can you tell us about that? Because going toe-to-toe -to -toe with the Cowboys at their place and had a great chance to win that one and – you're taking on the Chiefs yesterday and had a great chance to win that one. What are you seeing here? Man, we have a lot of pride, man, and everybody on the team is super competitive, uh, super competitive, and we don't want to lose. We, we we still want to win, and that's the way that we prepare, man, the way that we practice. We still compete every single day. We push each other. Uh, they have the right mindset, man. They, they attack each day with the right mindset. You know, nobody's around here being negative or anything like that. We're still, you know, grinding, and we're still pushing each other because we know that we still have to put good stuff on tape. Uh, and that's really what we're we're priding ourselves in is just putting good stuff on tape. And, you know, whatever comes with that comes with that. And, you know, we see that we have the team to compete with anybody. Like you said, the past two weeks we competed with two of the best teams in the league. We know we have the players, man. We just got to get over that hump. Uh, and I feel like we're going to get over that hump uh, sooner rather than later for sure because we have the team to do it, no doubt. Amari, three division games to close the year. And beat Jacksonville, lost to Tennessee, tied Indianapolis. You weren't here for those games. But now you are here for these three final division games. But you've played division games before. Mm -hmm. How different are they from other games? Or are they next team on a schedule? We play as hard as it was if it were the New York Jets, as it is the Jacksonville Jaguars, as it is the Dallas right. Cowboys. How do you kind of see these three division games to close the year? Yeah, always. It's always the, the next game is the biggest game. Uh, but you know that those division games definitely, you know, it's basically like two games if you win. Yeah. Uh, you get yeah, two yeah. games. Uh, so. Mm -hmm. You definitely have to, you know, approach those with a different mindset. Uh, but you always have to, you know, prepare the same no matter the opponent. Uh, but, you know, like we said, finishing with three division opponents and we want to get a win before the season ends, you know, we're definitely going to be approaching it with the right mindset for sure. Yep. I know you guys don't play on the same side of the ball, but it will be fun to see Trevor Lawrence, right? New Year's <laughs> Day right here at NRG Stadium nah, and yeah. Travis Etienne. And you talked about those guys as teammates, but facing them on the field is going to be fun. Nah, yeah, no doubt, man. I'm excited. Hopefully I can get in that end zone a couple more times with him. Uh, Show it but, to him. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but no, nah, I'm excited for that. I'm going to definitely get both of their jerseys after the game. Okay, that, I, I'm glad you went there because I was thinking about that when you mentioned Kadarius Tony. So do you do that after every game, swap a jersey with somebody and – do if you do do you have a a formula i'm putting air quotes up for those listening a formula for okay i get just clemson guys or i get just guys from knoxville or guys i played against in high school do you have a formula or do you just pick out 
I want that guy's jersey. I'm gonna swap with that guy. Uh, usually, I only switch uh, jerseys with people I have relationships with. Yeah. So like close friends, you know, like mainly Clemson players. Yeah. Uh, but it's a lot of guys that I've trained with, or you know, like I said, Kadarius. We had a yep. relationship in the Senior Bowl. Yep. Uh, Josh Palmer too. If we ever played the Chargers, oh, yeah, yeah. Senior Bowl. Uh, man, that's my guy as well. Uh, so it's just guys like that that you have a relationship with. If you want to trade jerseys, just create that memory. Yep. Uh, so that's really the main reason I do it. Gotcha. All right, Johnny asked you what you did after the game. Amari Rogers with us, by the way. What about before the game? What's the ritual like? Is it the same every time? Is it certain kind of music? How do you handle game day in the morning? Uh, for me, uh, it's the same. <clears throat> I usually get up. I don't like eating much before a game, so I usually come in, you know, get a smoothie or a bowl of fruit, and then I'm straight. Uh, man, I, I I have my headset on. I'm using to listen to a playlist. I have a game day playlist. All right, I so to what's on the playlist? Right, we got to know. <laughs> know what's on the playlist. We All had right. some guys in here that told us. Now, Laramie Tunsil said that on his pregame playlist is Sade. Sade. Who is that? Okay. <laughs> Smooth operator. I'll, we'll play you some Sade here in a little yeah. bit and let you know what Laramie's listening okay, to. Okay. But we got to know who the artists you're listening to before the game. I got to get up. So I'm listening to, you know, little Baby. Okay. Um, I'm listening to NBA Youngboy. Yeah. Uh, I'm listening to Drake, uh, Twenty One Savage. You know they just dropped the album, so I'm used to listening to that mm -hmm. album. Uh, it's a lot of people that I listen to, gotcha. man. I'm I'm a, I'm a music freak, so I'm but always not shot listening at. to music. Not shot at. Right. <laughs> not, not shot what is at. the oldest school artist that you like to listen to on a fairly regular basis? Uh, the oldest school artist. Uh, um, I'll say, Tupac. Okay, Tupac. Tupac. No, Tupac. Johnny, that's that's old school. That, that, yeah, that's old school. I, I could do that. A player once said Gucci Mane. Yeah, and I really. Said, yeah. I was thinking you were gonna say it's like you know too. Yeah. He said Gucci Mane, and we always fell out of our seat because we're like, <laughs> you know, who Gucci Mane is. I was thinking Earth, Wind, and Fire or something like that. Yeah. Uh, Gucci Mane. We're like, I think he just. <laughs> this is happening like have, right now. Have you seen Above the Rim, the movie? I have. Yeah. Okay, that's yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you've seen that. <laughs> yes, sir. Movie buff? I am. I'm movie yeah. head. I go to the movies once a week. Really? Once a like week. The I'm theater? Going to the theater? Wow. Theater once a week. It's my tradition. Like I do it on an off day. I might not go today because it's a short week. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I usually go like the day after a game. Me and my family, we, we pick the new mo newest movie that comes out and we go. Have you seen the new Avatar yet? I have not. Okay. I don't is know it if out? I'm going to see it. It is out. It is out. It's, it's out. Three, three hours and 15 minutes long. Ooh. So that's, that's why how I'm much. Like, I don't know. That's how long I you waited in line. I'm going to have to be at home for that one in my yeah. bed. <laughs> yeah. That, that's, a, that's buckle up because we got a long night. I'll give you one. Oh Babylon God. coming out. Damien Chazelle, director of La La Land. Got a new one, Babylon, December twenty third. Really? Yeah, yeah his daughter's, in, daughter's it. in it. So. She's, oh, really? She's yeah. an extra in it. So yeah, so, okay, so okay. it's pretty cool. So I'm telling everybody. I told yeah. Wade Smith on Sunday. I'm like, because Wade did a commercial with my daughter uh -huh. here in Houston, and he didn't know. And then at the very end, my daughter was like, "Oh, I think you know my dad." And he's like, "Woohoo!" And John here. Oh, so Wade and I talk about that a lot. Yeah. So I was the proud dad showing pictures of Margot Robbie next to my daughter or vice versa, however you want to look at it. Yeah. Babylon, you check. Now, I think that one's also three hours, too. So Really? That might What's be up with these movies? They keep making I, them longer and longer. I, Black Panther was two hours and 45 minutes. I don't really? know, man. They yes. just can't get to the cutting room floor. Like, no, no, leave it in. Leave it in. I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe they want people to get their money's worth at the hey. theater now because <laughs> theater prices are longer than a football now. game. Yeah, my right. gosh. <laughs> 
We it's cap it around three hours ish. Amari, thanks so much for joining us. Nah, thanks for having me. And nah, best it. of luck on Saturday and the rest of the way. We appreciate Thank it. Thank you. Appreciate y'all. That's Amari Rogers, Texans wide receiver. We'll see what happens with that group this weekend with maybe players getting healthy. We'll find out more after Wednesday's practice. It's a noon kick Saturday in Nashville. Texans and Titans live right here and on the Bull 100.3 FM and all over the state on the Texans radio network and the Texans app and Odyssey app. There will be a quiz on this later. Coming up, more on the three-hour Tuesday block Texans matchup, Texans all-access. It's Texans radio.